You're listening to The Piano Pod, where we talk to the brightest minds in the industry about how they are bringing the piano into the 21st century. Last time, we spoke to concert pianist Jeffrey Beagle about his love of piano concerti, his pioneering work with technology and contemporary composers, and his studies with legendary pedagogue Adele Marcus. And now, the conclusion. Jeffrey, can I jump in for a second? Sorry to interrupt you. First of all, I wanted to mention the, the PDQ Bach concerto is on YouTube, which I was checking out the other day, and it's absolutely hilarious. I recommend for everybody yes, to go search, search that up. Um, I have a, a technical question for you because I'm just sitting here in awe of what you're able to do at the instrument. And you have so much repertoire at your command from every different time period, you know, Baroque to the most contemporary. Um, how are you able to remember all this music? Like how many hours of repertoire do you even have in your fingers? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I work on what I need at the moment. And then if I know something's coming up, I like to, you know, I, I always say the, the things you remember the most are the things you learned when you were young. That's true. Brain cells soaking it up like a sponge, you know, sponges get old too. And I, I just remember things that I'll say, oh, let me go get the score. And I said, I can't find it. And I'm playing the thing. I was like, how do I remember that? And I just think it, it has to do with that. Just mm-hmm. remembering things that you, I always say to students, don't stay in the same piece forever. It's not going to make it any better. You're going to go back to it 60 years later and you'll get it. <laughs> I said, I got to wait that long. I said, yes, so did I. <laughs> uh-huh. But, you know, you get things as well as you can, but you remember things. You know, I, I, Wonderful. Yeah. But with new music, I use the score. I've been using score now for almost everything because I don't trust it. For some reason, I, I trust my memory for certain things. But for performing, even when I was doing online concerts for the Sonata Piano Camp in Vermont, we were remote, still are to some extent. And everything I did with all the YouTube concerts online, being in the pandemic forced me in a way to go away from concertos because you couldn't go to orchestras and dug out all the standard repertoires, playing so much standard repertoire again, which was great. It was a weird way to have to do it, but it was a positive way to deal with the situation. So that's how Yeah, so speaking of pandemic, you've done quite a lot of compositions. I've saw some of the YouTube clips. And so could you tell us about your life during COVID? I remember the last concert I did was in Florida in March with just Kenneth Fuchs' Piano Concerto. And I came home and that was it. I went to teach at Brooklyn College that week, last day, that was it. We shut down. And that was like March 8th, 9th, 10th, around there. By the 27th, I was feeling really caged in. And I don't think I did the YouTube. I started doing weekly YouTube concerts from home. And music of all styles. And I decided to write. I I really haven't written much piano music at all because I thought, who am I competing with? I mean, Chopin, forget it. But it was a time in my life and in the lives of everybody where we were soul searching, returning within. And I just heard music in my head. And so I, this, I'll play a little of this first piece I wrote March 27. It's a waltz of hope.
few weeks later, you know, one of my siblings got COVID, and I, I was devastated and upset. Who knew what was going to be with anything? Um, so I wrote a second waltz of hope. Interesting though, when I write music like this, and I don't know if she knows it or not, I've certainly plastered it as much as I can everywhere around her to let her know to Barbara Streisand. When I write music, I hear your voice. I hear Adele Marcus's voice. Um, people would say, but do you hear your voice? That is my voice. It's the voice I don't have, my raspy, horrible singing voice. But you do. Those are the voices you hear. And I hear that when I'm writing these kind of pieces. Um, later on in the year, like come September or so, I wrote a little sonatina, like an homage to Clementi. But it was after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. I just didn't know. I was kind of starting to feel burnt out in October. And, you know, online teaching, online playing. I wrote these pieces. I just said, it's just not there. It's just, nothing's there. I remember my wife said, go write something. Go write some music. I thought, nah, there's nothing there. I sat down. I thought of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, in a way, there's a strange connection. I've never met her, but my father-in-law knew her. They grew up in Brooklyn together, and he knew her when they were teenagers. And I don't know how much they knew each other, but... They called her Kiki Bader because her sister called her Kiki and they called her Kiki Bader. And why did I feel this connection? Maybe because of him. Oddly, he passed away three months to the day before she did. And they were both attorneys. He was a real estate attorney and she, of course, became Supreme Court Justice. But I felt this need to write something about her. Um, which inevitably filtered in this past July into two more pieces, one for JFK and one for MLK, Martin Luther King. That's the three reflections. The second movement of that concerto was the only piece. And during the pandemic, I wrote this piece for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which, will be, which has been orchestrated by a student of mine at Brooklyn College, Harrison Sheckler, who's now gone on this year to start his doctoral studies in Tucson. And he's going to orchestrate the other two movements. It's, it's an amazing job he did. That's what Dallas will be doing with me there in October. And I thought, what do I write? Where, where do I begin? I thought, well, think of the names. And a friend of mine told me later on, well, Schumann did that with Carnival. He took all the names and wrote music out of their letters. I thought, oh, that's right. I didn't think about that. I didn't want to be Robert Schumann. I didn't even think of anything at that point. And who could be? I mean, my gosh. So I thought, let's make an alphabet of music. 
A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Well, what if it's, can we use a D flat? If it's a B, which is um, an R, is D, and a B, a G, or a T, an H flat, can you make it flat? Yes. And then those form the seats of the piece. So I have R, B, G. kind of hoping she's in heaven, spiritual stuff happening with all the themes, all the themes, and then climaxed with this. Spangled so banner, and then big climax. The gavel. And then it ends just with her Nickname K I K I Kiki. So that became that piece. And from being burnt out to being creative, I don't know if that would have happened if not for a pandemic. Uh, I wasn't going in that direction. I was just commissioning music and planning projects. But it was a year of reflection, a year of soul searching, and just evolving and surviving, and a little strange year. I mean, I think as we live through things, we deal with it, if we survive through it. I don't think we're going to really feel the impact of this until later on. It's like a PTSD. We won't really get it until we try to get back into whatever we knew. But it was an interesting part of the journey. And um, if you told me a year ago you're going to write a piece, and it will be orchestrated and you'll play it with the Dallas Symphony next year. I'd say, well, that's a nice dream to have. <laughs> and you will raise money for Ellen Tapes. We'll look to write a piece about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Denise Graves will sing it with you in Dallas. I'll be like, you're a real dreamer. <laughs> but sometimes things just happen because they're supposed to. Um, and I raised money during the pandemic, not only for that project, but also for a project in two years from now um, to celebrate Rhapsody in Blue's centennial. So I asked the lawyer to be the co composer for Rhapsody in Red, White, and Blue. I raised all this money during the pandemic so the orchestras don't have to pay toward this thing. Because 
The worst thing you could do to an orchestra now is say, can you help support a new project of you coming out of a pandemic? So working on the premiere and that, I would like to make the 50 state project that I started 20 years ago. So the pandemic had a different effect on everybody. And I guess just my voice within, even from the time I was unable to hear, it just came back to haunt me in a way, and that's why I wrote music and raised money for commissioning new pieces to come. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. I know we want to keep going. We want to hear more stories. However, you know, we are running out of time, as always. So we just want to ask a few things. So you mentioned about, you know, the, uh, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg piece, being orchestrated and being a concerto, and you're going to perform with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra in on October seventh. Yes. And is it going to be live streamed or? I don't believe they live stream, but they will record. Uh, I, I have to ask them how that's going to happen. Okay. Just the Ginsburg movement. That see, it only started as the Ginsburg piece, hmm. and I decided to. I was feeling burnt out again in July. So I wrote a piece for Martin Luther King, Reflection of Equality. And right after that, Reflection of Freedom, a uh, tribute to John F. Kennedy, I thought, that's a concerto. So it will be JFK, RBG, MLK will be the concerto. I don't have a date yet to do the premiere, but okay. it's starting to get a little buzzy, so we'll see. And you have some other pro uh, projects coming up, so could you tell us briefly? Uh, you, uh, you have November 5th, Is the May by Balakirev uh, under Steinway label coming up? Uh, uh, they're going to release the Islamay Fantasy by Balakirev, which had previously recorded uh, for a grand romance, but there wasn't room on the disc for that. So they'd like to release it now, which is very nice. So I believe that's coming out in November. That's a single. <laughs> Um, and also you have your personal um, recording, I mean, label yes. and coming up. Actually, by the time we release this episode, I think it's uh, out on all uh, music streaming services. So can you tell us a little bit more? Sure. Rhapsody in Blue, one of the most recorded pieces in the history of recordings. But this will be the 1924 version in the orchestration that was first written. And it has sopranina sax and different, it's a different sound in many respects. Piano part has a lot of extra measures that were cut. Um, so that will be the uh, on my label, Naturally Sharp. And it's with the Adrian Symphony and Bruce Kiesling conducting. And we actually had to postpone that quite a bit, but finally in June we did the recording sessions in Adrian College in uh, Michigan. And so that's coming out in September. And that's in addition by uh, Ryan Banyagali. It's fabulous. He did his whole dissertation on that Rhapsody. And it's quite interesting to hear it this way. So that's coming out and- um, Wonderful, yes. Other projects. And then another premiere in January that had been postponed many times by mm -hmm. Dan to a Planet's Odyssey for piano and orchestra with the Canton Symphony. My dear friend Gerhard Zimmerman will conduct. Great. Thank you so much for all that. Now, we want to ask more questions, but lastly, do you have any advice for 
young artists, upcoming artists, to students? Yes. Study as much as you can when you're young. Make as many friends as you can when you're young because they may be composers one day that you will commission to write music for you. But I always just narrow it down to one line. Follow your yellow brick road. Sometimes the things you force to happen don't. And some things you work less to happen do. And I think, I mean, I've learned a lot over the years too, but I pushed as much as I can because it was, I mean, before technology, I mean, honestly, I used to just take a book and call conductors at home. I, I really tried to get through somehow. I mean, I remember Arthur Rubinstein was playing a recital in Long Island. I was a little kid. I couldn't get near him through the crowd. But something made me run outside after him when he was going to the presenter's car to go back wherever he was going. I had him all to myself. So don't let people say no. Follow your heart. If it feels right, it is right. If it doesn't or something doesn't sit right, walk away from it. Um, okay. Like that. You just be true to yourself. Know thyself is what Adele Marcus used to say. And it's true. And she used to say, we make our own careers. I understand that. Um, you have to control all of it yourself to some extent. Um, and let others help you. But don't expect others to do it for you. And that, that puts a lot of pressure on them. When I grew up, it was like, make a New York debut, win competitions, get a manager, you're a star. No. It's not the way it works. Some people have been very fortunate to have elder statesmen, artists, help them along and help get them in, situated in managements and have wonderful careers. It's fabulous. That happens very rarely. And now with the technology and the internet, use it to your advantage. Make friends. There's so much people could do today with technology we didn't do. We, could, we couldn't mm -hmm. do. Absolutely. We're at a disadvantage, but don't abuse it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. So... Um, we have this fun segment of the show every episode, and this is called the Piano Pods Rapid Fire Questions. So it's a rapid fire, so we're going to ask some really fun questions, and I would like for you to uh, respond in short answers. Short is the key to make this one really fun. Ready or not? Question number one. What is your comfort food? I feel like I'm on the dating game. <laughs> <laughs> Come. That's a tough question to ask a musician. I relate everything to food. M&M's. I haven't had them in so long. <laughs> I lost some weight. It's okay. We all have. Great. So number two, cats or dogs? I've always had dogs, but cats would be great too. I'm a dog guy. Beagle, what do you expect? <laughs> Absolutely right. So what is your word or words to live by? Integrity, respect, grateful. Okay, thank you. What is the most important quality you look for in people? Respect. What is the worst quality in people you want to stay away from? Entitlement. Oh, That's a good one. 
Name three people who inspire you, living or dead. <sighs> Beethoven. Hmm. Adele Marcus. I can tell. My parents. My wife, my kids. Oh, you got five. Sorry. Got <laughs> we will change the question. And which historical figure or composer do you want to learn or take lessons from if he or she were alive? That's a tough question because there's you want certain things from certain composers. Um... I would say Chopin, mm. because it's the instrument that we're dealing with, and it's the sound. He was the one who wanted the piano to sound like the voice. Mm. I mean, you could study with other people too, and Beethoven for things. I would like to ask certain questions. Because that's part of why I like the commissioning process. You can actually, I can actually call Ellen Swillick and say, on that measure, I can't talk to and say, do you want me to like go up a little here and use those notes you didn't have because you jumped down an octave? You'd be like, of course. Well, now is your chance to do that. So which historic figure or composer do you wish to hang out with or ask the question at the bar if he or she were still alive? Totally. Because there's so many things in the, in the score. Like, well, I'm using this piano. Do you really want to mark that forte in your score? <laughs> no, it's too loud. Mark it down. Great. That's beautiful. So many questions for him because he kind of revolutionized the use of the instrument as it is lifetime. All right, my turn. Name one piece in your current playlist. Oh. Playlist. I don't even have a playlist. I just think <laughs> it's fresh and new. I don't have a playlist. I couldn't even make that up because I like to see what's going on at the moment and I click on it. Mm -hmm. That's what so I'm what's doing. what's the last piece you listened to? Uh, I was just, I don't even remember which one it was. It was a whole bunch of it. I love the piano files of Mark Ainley mm -hmm. on Facebook and Instagram because he shares recordings by artists we've never heard of, absolutely stunningly beautiful performances from the middle of the 20th century, people that just didn't become famous, but their work was so incredible. So I definitely recommend, you know, visiting the piano files of Mark Ainley, A-I-N-L-E-Y. They are really fascinating. I mean, I could click on the schultz arrangement of the Blue Danube, and there's over a dozen different recordings on YouTube by pianists I never heard of playing it. It's remarkable. Yeah, it sounds like an incredible resource. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, what's a book title that you are currently reading? I'm not reading anything right now. Okay. <laughs> right now it's, <laughs> right now it's um, uh, The Planet's Odyssey of Daniel Pertu and uh, The Legend of Bijan and Manil by... Um, uh, Farhad Pupel, a new piece that I'm going to learn for next year, uh, yeah, Iranian composer. So it, my, the book titles are now the, like new music. So I haven't okay. been able to really go away and just read something. Fair I answer. I totally run away and watch HBO Max. I just watched a really wacky series. Uh, I really liked The White Lotus. Yep. Whoa, whoa, you know why I liked it? The scenery? the music, 
sounded like Renaissance Hawaiian music for, for, for choir. I, the music was fabulous. I really enjoyed, I mean, the series, it, it was crazy, but the music and the scenery was fabulous. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Everybody loves this next question. You only get one piece to listen to for the rest of your life. What is it? Rahmanov Third Piano Concerto. Mm. Lovely. Okay, final question. Fill in the blank. Music is blank. A language. Ding, ding, ding. You won the uh, question, so you, uh, you're the winner. Yay! Is that a new Steinway B? Yeah, all right. right. <laughs> I hope. Call me on your way. Yeah. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversations we had. Uh, we are really are so inspired by your stories and um, your um, beautiful music. You just demonstrated a little bit for us. So, and uh, thank you for joining um, us today. And um, so uh, we would like to remind our audience that uh, your uh, Mr. Beagle's digital recording release uh, from his own label, Naturally Sharp, will be available actually at, uh, soon or maybe ab about the time that we release this episode, all on um, digital outlets. And that's the Rhapsody in Blue in, two, uh, excuse me, 1924 version. And also you will be performing, it's the premiere of your piece, Reflection of Justice, an Ode to RBG, which uh, you're going to be performing with the Dallas Symphony on October 7th. And November 5th release, Steinway Label, Islamay. And January, uh, you will be premiering A Planet's Odyssey by Daniel Pertu. Yes. So, yes. And I, we want to thank the audience for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please read and review on whatever podcasting platform you use. If you're watching us on YouTube, remember to hit the thumbs up button and be sure to subscribe to our channel. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. The links are in the description below. And as always, if you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. Leave it in the comments, send us DM via social media. You can email us at thepianopodnyc at gmail.com. We'll see you for the next episode of The Piano Pod. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Ciao. Thank you, Mr. Beagle. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on our show. I love it. Thank you so much.